Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. to Strong Style, second episode here on Season 2, this one called Not Quite How I Drew It Out, Not Quite How I Drew It Out, now, has been a little while since we've been together, so I'm going to do my best keep you abreast of mainly the things that have happened last week or so. I'm going to go with pretty much each. I'm going to just go down the weekly schedule, but I'm going to talk about some of those pay-per-view things, too. The things I like about what each wrestling show is doing, I'm going to talk a little bit of UFC. Uh, Maybe mention some Bellator. Bellator's got some fun things going. I'm kind of waiting to see what all they're going to, they're they're kind of revamping back up, just like uh, Ring of Honor, waiting to see what they're going to get into. What we're going to get into is a lot, as uh, we're going to start trying to regularly do these shows. I know I do this. I say this all the time. But I owe it to you guys to be on here every week talking pro wrestling, talking MMA. And then, of course, on the debut episode of our of our new all-sports show coming up, I guess it's Wednesday or Thursday. Going to have to check on that one for sure. But my best to talk about all the greatest things going on in the world of sports. Now, first of all, happy Labor Day. Anybody who is off and happens to be listening to the show, thank you. If you uh, were not off, but you are still listening to the show later out through the week, thank you. Um, Labor Day is, uh, for the most part, what it means to me. It's not just a holiday, not a Monday you get off. It's... it's, uh, it's to help celebrate those that have put in the work. And here lately, there have been some people putting in some work. Things I like, things I don't like. Let's get into it. Let's start with Monday Night Raw, which will actually be, um, be on in about, what time is it now? About four and a half, five hours from now. It'll be the latest episode of that. But let me catch you up with things that have happened the last week, the things uh, that, I, that I really like. Um... Two things in particular happened on Raw and SmackDown. I'm going to talk about one of them on Raw, and that would be the Bayley-Sasha split. I'm going to talk about the other one on SmackDown. We'll get into that down the road. Uh, Bayley and Sasha were the women's tag team champions. Of course, we knew that. Um, Bayley, I believe, is the Raw women's champion. Sasha was the SmackDown women's champion. Well, she lost that to Asuka who had to face both of them in separate matches on uh, the latest pay-per-view. So Sasha had initially lost that. We pretty much knew at some point they were going to lose the tag titles, and they were going to eventually split. Well, that's exactly what they did. As they put together a team of two guys, or two girls who definitely do not like each other, this happens a lot, and they make them tag team champions. It's kind of interesting. Uh, Nia Jax and uh, one of my personal favorites, Shayna Baszler, Put those two together, and um, they were able to defeat Bailey and Sasha, the latest pay-per-view, and take, I guess Sasha lost two pay-per-views ago. They did these back-to-back things, really confusing. But that left it where Bailey was just the Raw champ, which is totally cool, because Bad Bailey is one of my favorite things on TV right now. 
Uh, she has really, for somebody who I thought was more cookie cutter, goody goody, goody two shoes than John Cena can appear to be at times, which is like him too. I like what he did. Um, Bailey being able to do the heel stuff she does has been just spectacular. So shout out to her on that. But uh, ultimately, they had a rematch for the tag team championships. They lost that one here as well. And in losing that, uh, Bailey turned on Sasha. And it doesn't necessarily mean that Bailey's bad or Bailey's good. It doesn't necessarily mean that Sasha's good or Sasha's bad. It just means they have split this team officially and that Sasha's going to be off TV for a little while because she uh, supposedly got injured. You never know injury angle-wise with the WWE or, or wrestling in general. Uh, we'll just wait the next couple weeks and see if we happen to see her. Uh, same thing with Big E with the stuff that happened to him on, on uh, right now SmackDown. Uh, but uh, the Bailey Sasha split finally happened. Bailey doesn't need Sasha. I think Sasha needs Bailey. So we'll see how this goes going forward. I think Bailey can very much continue to push the Raw brand, especially the women's division, in the direction it needs to go. And I, for one, am happy about it. Uh, next up, this Raw Underground stuff or Underground Raw. Or what I don't know. It's it's like a, a staged bare knuckle fight to a point. That I just, I don't see the, to start with, it looked like they were trying to debut certain people and get them in front of you to let, let you know that maybe they had an MMA background, maybe they were really good at fighting or really good grapplers. And then now it has turned into, I don't know, a dog and pony show. It's it's just really weird. Um, I, I like that Shane's trying to do something different, like Shane's the one kind of in charge of some of it, but for the most part... It's just showcasing the same basic things, or it's just kind of wasting time. It's it's better than a backstage segment, because there for a while they were starting to look a lot like Impact Wrestling with all the backstage crap. But I just I don't see where they're going with this unless they are going to you know they they had that NXT match with um, Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle when Matt right before Matt Riddle moved up SmackDown. In that big cage, which was really goofy and really, really bad. So, I mean, maybe they're going to try to push a little bit of an MMA angle with some of these people, but just, just get in there and wrestle. That's, that's what one of the W's in your name means is wrestling. So just get back to wrestling. Uh, next thing I want to talk about for Moral, Dominic Mysterio. Yeah, Ray Mysterio's. Uh, I can't say little kid. He's twice the size of Ray, uh, but he's not big. He's I mean, the kid, you can tell he's been putting in work, and, and I'm sure Ray and other people have been training him. Uh, Dominic is is not bad in a ring. Uh, the fact that he's getting to take on Seth Rollins and uh, Buddy Murphy and some of these bigger people like this early on is really nice. Uh, but here soon, it should be where he settles into the mid or lower card and, and works himself up, faces people more either on his skill level or the kind of people that will help propel him and build it. But I've been, I've been highly impressed with Dominic's work in and out of the ring. They have wore him out with, with kendo sticks and he seemed to take it and just keep moving. Those do not feel good at all. And, um, beyond that, uh, good for Dominic. I, I look forward to see what he is, is going to do next. Once he gets out of this program with Seth, uh, the, the Riot Squad and the Iconics had a tag team match where losing team was going to split. I kind of had an idea this was going to happen anyway because Triple H was very high on uh, Peyton Royce, her work lately. So when the Iconics lost the match, um, Billy Kay, I hope, gets to stick around. She's a good wrestler as well. But uh, Peyton, Peyton Royce, they can think they can solo and split and do some really cool things with. And uh, it's probably going to cost a couple of the other ones a job because she's she's gonna she's a very good performer, very good worker, and I think that's very much what that match was all set up for. That's all the raw stuff at the moment. Let's move to SmackDown. No, not SmackDown. Let's move to Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling: the things that you need to know. 
that I either thought were amusing or not. Um, let's start with the not amusing. That's Russell House or whatever reality. It's like Big Brother with a wrestling ring. It's really, really awful. It's it's decent acting, decent performing by the talent because they're good, but more backstage crap from Impact Wrestling that just doesn't make sense. It has not a whole lot to do with anything else. They've occasionally had a couple of them show back up on the actual wrestling show, but it I don't I I never understood why they were I don't know if it was a quarantine thing or not, I never understood why they were all in that house to start with. Uh, the, the fact that they signed all this big talent, you know, uh, the Good Brothers, Anderson and Gallows, or, or uh, Big LG, as they want to call him, um, Eric Young, who we'll get to in a second, they signed, I mean, most of those people have been back in here. You have uh, EC3, they've uh, signed some, some new um, women for the division. It's nice that they're doing that, but they're not showcasing them. Why do you sign all that talent when, I mean, the only one, the only one that can actually attest to getting a pretty good amount of screen time is Heath Slater, who, you know, on-screen storyline doesn't have a job. They've done this before in WWE. They're kind of pairing him up with Rhino again. I have no problem with that. That's a great team. Two of them really complement each other. But uh, he's the one who's consistently on each and every week outside of Eric Young. So I would like to see more good brothers in just good tag team matches instead of goofy things with uh, Madman Fulton and, and Ace Austin, who were not a team up until Gallows and Anderson showed up. It just, sometimes it seems forced. You have a good tag division, and I know you're trying to keep the Motor City Machine Guns and the Good Brothers away from each other right now because it's a big payoff down the line. Just give me give me some uh, give me some just good classic tag team stuff and, and showcase the new talent you got. EC3 sneaks around and messes with Moose. Moose, who shouldn't have been a champion to start with. EC3 wants to be champion? Fine. I like his new, his new uh, angle here that he's running. But at the same time, he signed all this talent. He didn't do anything with him. Do something with him. You you finally have a roster that can compete with a lot of the other brands out there. So compete. And then finally, like I said, Eric Young. He beats Eddie Edwards to become the new heavyweight champ. Kind of tries to take Eddie out injury-wise, too. That's probably just give Eddie a break because he has been carrying the heavyweight division for a good while since he won the belt. And uh, each and every week defended it. Eric Young, when he is sadistic the way he is right now, that's the Eric Young we all like. The uh, scared of his own shadow and it's okay and entertaining, but Eric Young gets down to actually wrestling. He's hard to beat. He is very, very good. That's all the Impact Wrestling. Let's move on to AEW. And I could talk probably for an hour and a half on AEW. There's some things that I want you to know about, and the people that I think you should be following. Now, watch the whole show. Watch all these. All these, they have, they have little things that even I won't mention that you're like, hey, that was pretty cool. If it is, send in your thoughts, suggestions, questions, ideas to us here, and we'll address them. We'll give you our opinion. Hey, maybe we'll feature your opinion. Send you something. From an AEW, uh, Brody Lee is the TNT champion, which is the... Um, Basically like the TV title to a point. Uh, they finally cleaned it up. That first incarnation was okay. The next one, it, it looks nice. He's going to add legitimacy, and he's going to be very, very hard to beat. Not just because he is exceptional in the wrestling ring, and he's unorthodox, and he's unpredictable. But he has about eight or nine minions that are always sneaking around there somewhere. They can sneak in and help him get even further. I see a major title run down the road from him. But for right now, they're letting him run with the TNT title. I think he's going to have it for a while. I don't know if anybody right off is going to come back and get it. Cody's written off for a little while. Might be injured. Might be doing a movie. I just wanted to take a break. Been going full on for a while. But Brody Lee is the TNT champion. Major thumbs up. 
Orange Cassidy is now 2-0 and versus Chris Jericho as he dumped him into a vat of mimosas. As per the stipulation, Jericho said it was pinfall submission or uh, dump him into mimosas. And he was, uh, they said it was one of the most entertaining matches on the card. Probably, probably the second best. He was one of the top two for sure. Orange Cassidy can wrestle, guys. His persona is to not put a lot of effort forth. But that's just his persona. The dude can straight up fight if he needs to. And Orange Cassidy, to me, is one of the reasons to watch AEW each week. He is one of the must-see reasons to do so. Hirokaru Shida, who is the women's champion, had a big win over the NWA women's champion, Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa, very, very good. And I'm not just saying this to pump up Shida. Everybody knows Shida is exceptional. So here's their side gig. So Shida's side gig is that um, when she's not wrestling, she is an actress. She is in movies, TV shows, things like that. Uh, here lately, it's been a lot more wrestling than anything. What Thunder Rosa does when she is not performing in the ring, well, she's performing in a different style environment. She is an MMA fighter and a very good one at that. This match was exceptional. On the pay-per-view, very enjoyable. This is what is making this, uh, you call it a revolution, but the women's division, the way everybody is up in their game, they're finally getting the feature time as well to showcase what they can do. This is when you get two of the best in the ring. They just paint a masterpiece, and that's what Sheeta and Thunder Rosa did. I encourage you to go back and watch AEW's uh, latest pay-per-view. It's really, really good. This this is, I don't know where they're going to go after this because she does pretty much ran through the division. They are going to have to start bringing more people in probably or recycle through. But yeah, this, this by far is showcasing some of the best talent in the world. Lance Archer, the Murderhawk. The Murderhawk won the Battle Royal. He is now the I think number one contender for the heavyweight title. That means he would get the winner of of uh, MJF and Moxley, which I will get into in a second. Lance Archer, man, I I say it time and time again. Been a big fan of this guy since you know he was uh, what Lance Hoyt in in uh, TNA, aka Impact Wrestling. Uh, had a short stint in the WWE version of ECW. Where uh, he was, where he was Vance Archer, um, just a big, tall bruiser guy. Him and Brody Lee need to tangle somewhere down the road. I think that'd be great. They've had him kind of tangle with Brian Cage here lately. That's another one too. Just big monster powerhouse, super athletes. But uh, Archer ended up having to go him and uh, David Smith, a- aka David Boy Smith Jr. British Bulldogs' uh, son teamed up a lot in Japan. They did a lot of stuff for New Japan, pro wrestling, did a lot of great stuff. That's where I was able to key back in on his career again. And then now him moving to AEW, that guy, he doesn't need Jake Roberts in his corner. He doesn't really need anything. He's a pretty good talker, great, great enforcer. But, hey, if Jake Roberts wants to hang on and, and help him out a little bit too, that's a, that's a good thing as well. Lance Archer is a must-see as well. I just told you about MJF. That'd be Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Friedman. He took on John Moxley for the heavyweight title. And even Moxley after this match. Moxley won the match. But Moxley said, hey, this kid's the future. This is one of the guys that, that hopefully AEW is going to build around, build this company around. You know, the Darby Allens. Sammy Guevara's, the MJFs, I've said MJF from the beginning. He is a guy that you kind of make him your Ric Flair, Sting, whatever, and shove him forward, and you keep him up towards the top. He is that guy 10 years from now. Hopefully he's still in this company and just booming. All the talent in the world has the enforcer behind him, even though he doesn't need it. But the enforcer does add more to it. But uh, MJF. Man, he's going to have big things. I don't know what he's going to do because he can't take on Brody Lee and he just lost to Moxley. He's going to be um, he's going to be kind of in the middle of everything. 
kind of out on a limb. We'll see where we're at. We'll see where his star falls here in a second or here in, in the next couple of weeks. We'll see where he's at. The last thing I want to talk about was FTR, otherwise known as the Revival, from NXT WWE fame. After almost a year of everybody hinting that they could potentially move over to AEW, they did. They were able to win the tag team titles from Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, who had them for almost two-thirds of the year. They've had them for about eight months now, I think. But it was time to move them off of those two guys. It's time to, to push Omega in one direction and Hangman in the other. Uh, Hangman does good in groups. He does good in tag teams. But he, he kind of needs to be a loner to, to uh, get up to, you know, Hangman Page and MJF. That could be a program worth watching. Man trying to rebound or stick Hangman with MJF for a minute. I like that too. Just for a minute. They don't need to be together that much. Just enough to kind of get them both acclimated and back on the winning side. I don't mind that. But FTR, man, super, super team. They are what, what... They have Tully Blanchard with them. They are what Arn and Tully were back in the day. Just mechanically sound, solid tag team wrestling. With a little bit of innovation. They do use some new age stuff. But for the most part, it is tag in, work a limb. Work a limb, work a limb, tag in, work a limb, tag in, work a limb, tag in, work a limb. Finale. They know how to just wear you out. NXT. Let's go to NXT. A couple things happened down there. Uh, Killer Cross. Ends up winning the World Heavyweight Championship from Keith Lee. Of course, we found out mainly that was because Keith Lee was coming to Raw. Don't have a problem with that. Keith Lee was a good placeholder. And Killer Cross, or God, what do they call it? Carrion Cross now, because you can't say Killer. Carrion Cross. Dude is a legit, good, good solid wrestler. I like his gimmick. I like the way he comes out. He can really deliver on a mic. Uh, he's got his, I believe that's his wife, Scarlett. It comes out with him. They both used to be in Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling goofed that one up and uh, ended up letting them go. But, yeah, he he uh, he not only won the world championship, had to come on the next week's show. I'm pretty sure they pre-tape him because of the uh, virus and everything. Had to come on the very next show a couple days later and give the belt back up because he separated his shoulder while... In the match, he's gonna be out for a little while. But uh, he, I like they they did the hourglass thing. They flipped it over, basically saying when he comes back, he's coming to get his belt back. And given what could be going on at the time, I'm all for it. We talked about the rise of Dakota Kai a little bit, but you got to think of it this way: she had the match versus Io Shirai, who was the champion. She didn't win that. She has uh, Miss Gonzalez there as her big enforcer. And uh, Miss Gonzalez and uh, Rhea Ripley have recently kind of got into a little tiff. So when you have tag team matches where it's EO and Ripley versus Gonzalez and Dakota, well, that's keeping Dakota right there in the mix. That's telling me that she might get another title shot somewhere down the road. I think we're about to see this giant move up to where Dakota Kai could be NXT Women's Champion and or be moved up to the main roster because she is just booming right now. She is just over the top better than almost everybody there. I say almost. There's a couple that are like, it's like 1A, 1B. She is just outworking the room, and they are noticing because you see the opportunities. Uh, Breeze Ongo, which is Tyler Breeze and Van Dongo. They finally are both not injured. They finally get to uh, team back up. They've been kind of building up a little bit, and then they win the tag team championship. And the place went crazy. And by the place, I mean all the people on the other side of the plexiglass that are NXT people that are allowed to be there. But everybody loves these guys. They are constantly helping out other people. They're great teachers. They've been mentoring other people. So the fact that they're getting a nod, getting a little bit of a a title run here is fantastic. Um, I don't know if we ever see them on the main roster again. They are probably going to be in NXT till they're done. Or at least until they split, maybe. I don't know. But they're a really good team. They're two exceptionally good guys. 
like I said, they're constantly mentoring and, and training and helping other people down there. I mean, think Dustin Rhodes, what, what uh, he did when he was down at NXT up until uh, he left for AEW. Just a great thing that Brizongo is tag champs. And like I said, if they if they lose them tomorrow, so what? They still finally got the nod that they probably should have got while on the main roster, but they kept getting dinged up. And lastly, we had this big four-way where it was uh, Johnny Wrestling, a.k.a. Johnny Gargano, versus Finn Balor, versus um, Ciampa, versus Adam Cole, maybe. And it was this big 60-man Iron Man. I think the match was, uh, was, was pretty good. It was well done the way it was it laid it out. Uh, to have four guys of that caliber entertain you for over an hour because you got to think lead up, you got to think post. It it very much lived up to the bill. Is it one of the best matches in history? No, but it's one of the first multi-man Iron Man I've ever seen, or Iron Woman for that matter. Uh, I thought this was, like I said, just well done. It ends up coming down to Finn Balor and Adam Cole, who both end up with two wins at the end, to which they both say, hey, I should be the champ. No, I should be the champ. I, you know, it's, it's good. And how do you solve this? Well, the same person set up the match, William Regal, who's kind of the GM down there, comes to the ring, and he goes, no, 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 we're going to solve this. You two are going to face, and the winner's the heavyweight champ. How, how? I mean, you can't get any better than that. Um, you have Adam Cole, who just recently lost it to Keith Lee, and you have Finn Balor, who is arguably one of the best NXT, I think he was the original NXT champion. He was the first universal champion up on Raw. Did some fantastic things while he was up there on uh, Raw and SmackDown. And then now, uh, back in NXT to help build that and keep that going because uh, he's using that. And I'll be honest, I'm a bigger Adam Cole fan than I am Finn Balor, even though I'm a Pretty good Finn Balor fan, too. My guess is that Finn Balor should win this because Adam Cole just come off the long run, and I think there's some other things they could do with him where I think Finn having the title, it just keeps him on a straight and narrow path where Adam Cole can freelance and take on all kinds of different things. Uh, he can band up with Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and... Roderick Strong, and their group can, 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 you know, the Undisputed Era continue to run havoc, or he can just pair up with one of them and take on a team, or he can just solo run and start just having just blockbuster after blockbuster and potentially get called up. Either way, NXT still doing great. Let's move to SmackDown. On SmackDown, I told you I was going to talk. I had one thing on SmackDown, one thing on, on Raw that kind of intermingled, but we're going to get into it here. Uh, this would be the Roman heel turn. Roman Reigns suddenly being a bad guy. I like it. They tried to do it before. Crowd wouldn't get behind him, so they just scrapped it real quick. Just let him keep going. But what is helping this is that since Brock Lesnar is no longer with the company, supposedly a free agent, we'll talk about him here in a minute. Them coming into it in a minute. Uh, Paul Heyman has kind of taken over as the advocate for Roman Reigns, which limits Roman being on the microphone. Not necessarily a bad thing. Now, when he's saying things, they mean something. He doesn't have to go out there and recite half a stanza of a poem. And he immediately came in and wrecked the theme, Bray Wyatt, and he immediately wrecked Braun Strowman. Now, ability-wise, clout-wise, everything like that, none personal to Braun, but it's between Bray and Roman here. Bray and Roman are two people, even though they're double-heeled, they're two people that you can run an entire brand off of. You could, uh, you honestly, you could easily flip Bray. I wouldn't, but have a bad guy, bad guy's kind of weird. That's what Braun's in there to shake it up. But when they're done with that, if Roman's going to keep it, he can kind of take it away from that sci-fi stuff they were doing with Braun and Fiend. Take it more back into just straight up, just straight up power wrestling. 
A lot of people think that they're going to pair the Usos with him and do that bloodline faction again. Well, that would be interesting because they had a big four-way match. The one Big E was, was taken out of because of the so-called injury. I mean, he got dropped through a car by Sheamus. But it was Sheamus, Baron Corbin, Matt Riddle, and Jey Uso. Well, Jey Uso wins this match. Good for Jey Uso. It's a career big match. Uh, I believe that his brother... Jimmy is hurt right now. That's why it's just him. But uh, the fact that, that he could win, uh, get the nod on this match would be him and Roman at Night of Champions for the, the belt. Obviously, Jay's probably not going to win. But this is how you get on the map and how you get on the map of an even bigger thing. But yeah, he'll, he'll be known as a tag team wrestler through and through. But you show people what you can do on your own as well, and, and uh, that's just going to help him, it's going to help his brother, it's going to help the team in general. Uh, Roman versus Jey Uso is going to be pretty good. A lot of people think it's a throwaway. It could actually be pretty good. Um, I just talked about Bray. Let's get into Bray a little bit. The thing that, that I think could work, and they could do this because Karrion Cross and Scarlett are not on TV right now. They're kind of hinting that uh, Bray says that a new friend could be joining the Funhouse. Okay. A lot of people think, what puppet are they going to come up with now? What if it's not a puppet? What if it's Alexa Bliss? Because Alexa's kind of hinting towards a dark side. She's a little, a little more... peppy with, with herself. You know what I mean? You saw her on SmackDown. It's a, they're, they're kind of hinting she's wearing a little bit darker makeup. If you pair her and Bray, wow, this is a duo. And have them, they can do the funhouse things, and they can uh, do mixed tag matches. You don't get to see a lot of those. You get to see more mixed tag matches. You uh, you got one backing up the other where Bray can help her and she can help him. And This is a pairing that I'm all for, and not just because I'm a fan of both. You put Bray and Alexa together? Wow. Power couple, power duo. Could set up some really, really big things down the road. We'll book the territory with that later. Uh, you got the uh, Sami Zayn return and said, hey, I'm the Intercontinental Champ. I don't know what Jeff Hardy's doing with that belt. AJ Styles, so I'm the gun crown Intercontinental Champ. I don't know what kind of claim he has. Let's put it this way. Whether AJ's involved or not, I agree with Sami Zayn. I understand that because he was stuck in Canada because of the uh, virus, basically, and regulations, I understand that. Since he was stuck there, they had to hold uh, you know, their own little mini tournament and already won it. I get that. So you have him face. To me, Sami Zayn should win, and Sami should keep the belt because he was doing some fantastic things before he got stuck at home. He does live in Canada, guys. So if it were me, and this is not because I just don't like Jeff Hardy, I he's okay. I don't think he needs to be the Intercontinental Champion. I have no problem with Sami Zayn being the champion. That's why I think it should be him. And then lastly, last thing I want to say about SmackDown is the push right now for heavy machinery. And we know Otis has the money in the bank. So whatever they're going to do with that, that seems like a natural time to split that, unless he's going to lose it to somebody. But also, I don't understand where the push is coming from. Suddenly they're pushing them. Maybe, are they going to push them to where they're tag team champions? Or are they going to push them to a level where they, they do turn on each other? Uh, I, I don't know. It's just it's an interesting thing. that uh, Maybe it's just their time to get the push. With uh, the Usos hurt and some other things, so we'll just we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I just thought it a little intriguing that Heavy Machinery was getting the uh, big push right now over Miz Morris and some of the other ones. Uh, as far as Ring of Honor, they are still doing weekly features on uh, different talent. They did Tracy Williams this week. Look, I, I still have no idea why it's called Hot Sauce, um, but I very much enjoyed watching his, uh, like I said, he's not one of my favorites, but I enjoy watching him wrestle because he can wrestle. 
very uh, unorthodox, a little bit of CM Punk to him as far as the way he does things, kind of the way he looks um, as far as uh, kind of super skinny compared to most wrestlers. Punk wasn't that skinny. He was skinny early on, but uh, kind of a little bit of Punk to him. A couple of the uh, fun submissions and uh, the, the big strikes, especially the kicks. Uh, he flies a little differently than, than Punk ever did. But, uh, you know, Tracy Williams, uh, got my respect. Kind of had it already. But um, Now, here's the thing about Ring of Honor. I just want to throw this out here. And back when I was training and, and really, really following wrestling and, and trying to pursue it, I did read the dirt sheets a lot. Um, it, it's, uh, you get a lot of underground information and things like that. Um, I, I tend to stay away from it unless I'm trying to look up an injury or something like that for this show. And, and currently, I, I usually, I, I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't read them. If you want to read them, read them. They're, they're not bad. They're not good. They're, you know, they tell you stuff that you otherwise may not know, or they tell you before it happens. Things they hear, they, they have the same predictions like I do. But based off of one of the Ring of Honor roster members, we'll put it that way, on their Instagram, they posted about being finally being out or just getting out of the Ring of Honor bubble. Now, I don't know if that means that. Ring of Honor was just taping a bunch of shows and matches so that they could uh, show them like everybody else has been doing. I don't know if that means getting outside the bubble of uh, not doing their daily their daily Ring of Honor stuff. You know, like uh, doing something other than Ring of Honor as far as something different. It's, it'd be like what you might do on a weekend or a day that you're off where you don't do work-related activities. Maybe it was something like that. But um, I kind of think Ring of Honor is uh, about to start releasing some new content. And I kind of hope so. I enjoy these, these you know, weekly biographies from them, and, and I've learned a lot, and you, you really get to respect some talent. But at some point, New Japan and Ring of Honor have got to get back on TV. And they need to do it pretty quick because we see we're about to get into UFC and Bellator. We see what happened where UFC kept going during this. Bellator was uh, a little a little slow out of the gate. They just started really getting back into it, and UFC is surging ahead. So, Ring of Honor, New Japan, probably want to start getting back into it, guys. Now, UFC-wise, I know we just talked a couple weeks ago. Just a couple things that I really want to talk about. Honestly, I'm going to preview the card coming up. might start with that. We're going to preview the card coming up. Um... This Friday, it is Friday Fight Night, September 12th. Well, let's uh, let's start with that, actually. Um, they haven't made the whole card yet, which is interesting. They'll, they'll fill it out. As of right now, they have five matches on it, I believe. Five, did I get that right? Yes. They have five. Um, five really good ones, including the main event. Um, we'll, we'll see how that works. This one may be being a fight night. It may be all ESPN. That may be why it's only five fights. They may not do a prelim, or well, maybe they do a prelim and everybody's so short notice they haven't booked everybody yet. But match, uh, what would be the opening contest at this point? Uh, you got Kyle Nelson, who's 13-3-0, is going to take on the American Billy Quarantillo. Looks like Billy is the favorite at 14-2-0. Uh, it's all saying ESPN Plus on this, so uh, maybe it's just ESPN Plus, but it may be on ESPN Regular ESPN as well. Uh, in match number two, you're going to get Mike Rodriguez at 11-4-0. He is the favorite versus Ed Herman. You know Ed Herman. I wonder what happened to Ed Herman. He's been fighting for a long time. In fact, he has he is 26-14, meaning he has had 40 pro fights. But uh, Ed, the site underdog there against Mike Rodriguez. It's a light heavyweight battle. The first one was a featherweight. In the women's flyweight we're going to get Andrea Lee at 11 and 4. She is the uh, uh, yeah, she's the favorite versus B 24 18 and 0 Roxanne Modafferi. 
the women's flyweight. This is a division that has been rumored to they may be facing it out when Nunez, Amanda Nunez, comes back to defend that belt. I heard November as far as that. Should be fun. Uh, if they get rid of the flyweight, I don't, I don't know if they're going to bump everybody up, bump everybody down, or how they're going to do that. I honestly think they're going to keep it for a little while, maybe at least, at least another year until they do something with it. But that's going to be a big fight between Roxanne and Andrea. It moves us into the, I guess, uh, co-main event. Uh, Otman Avatar at at 12-0-0 is going to take on Kama Worthy. Who is the very, very slim favorite at 16, 6, and 0? I don't know how you can be 12 and 0, 12, 0 and 0 at that and be and not be the favorite, but it is what it is. We will see what happens there. That is a lightweight battle. And then the main event. The main event for the women uh, in the women's straw weight division. Where Angela Hill at 12, 8, and 0. I've seen a couple of her fights this year. She is uh, really on a run. She is the slight favorite over Michelle Watterson, who is 17-8-0. I've seen Michelle fight a handful of times this year as well. This should be a great strawweight main event. And that is uh, what's coming up this weekend. Now, here are some of the, the bigger topics. Some of the bigger UFC topics. I want to get into a couple of them because... See if we can find something real quick. There we go. So the big UFC things that I want to talk about. Well, in the past week, three people have gotten big wins. One has had a great television uh, appearance. And the other isn't really shocking anybody, but it's exciting to know where he's at currently. Let's start with people with big wins. Alistair Overeem with a big heavyweight win uh, this past weekend. He is a big heavyweight, as we know. We all know I'm going to talk about the heavyweight champ here in a minute, but it is about to get pretty, pretty packed up in the heavyweight division. More than it normally was. But Alistair Overeem, you know, has a win over a guy I'm going to talk about in a minute. Has some big wins. He's starting to uh, really power back up. He's, uh, He's got to start getting that name Mick thrown in the mix. I think he will. Uh, Mike Pereira with a big win. Big Mikey. He continues to just kick butt and take names. And uh, at some point, his pen's going to run out of ink. And he's just going to keep kicking butt. He, I believe, didn't he just, uh, he just got in with a new training group? The guy can fight. The guy can straight up fight. And Big Mike keeps keeps just putting wins on the board. So look out to anybody. Uh, he beat uh, Zalim Amadeov in the welterweight battle. Uh, submission in, in uh, the late round three. But uh, Mike Pereira, man, he's uh, he's really doing he's really doing well. I mean, people think he's crazy; they think he's goofy for some of the stuff he does. But all he does is win, 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 no matter what. The other person I want to give a shout out to for the big win that she had was Pollyanna Viana. Hope I'm saying that name right. Out of Brazil, 11-4 and four now. She had the submission in round one, a little under two minutes in, over Emily Whitmore, who is not a slouch either. But uh, congratulations to Pollyanna. She's moving up the straw weight rankings there, hopefully. And hopefully we see her in a, uh, a big fight here soon. 
I think we're going to hopefully see it made by the end of the year. That would be uh, really, really nice. So talked about Overeem, talked about Pollyanna, talked about Mike Pereira. So who are we going to talk about next? I think you guys know. We're talking about Stipe Miocic, or Miocic. Stipe, however you say your last name, I hope I am not butchering it. But no, he had a great TV appearance. He was the guest on the after show of Tacoma FD, which is about a fire department. It's from the guys who do Super Troopers. It's a show I regularly watch. So I was really looking forward to seeing him um, seeing him talk to them afterwards. They do, you know, they talk about the episodes and things going on and stuff like that. And they add Stipe on. Stipe was talking about being a firefighter and, and uh, winning the belt and different things like that. And just, just super, super in, in, incredible time. Uh, get a chance, watch Tacoma FD, obviously. But if you get a chance, just look up his interview when he's on there. Uh, he he really has fun. He really enjoys firefighting and fighting. And uh, it, like I said, it was a great appearance. Now, the elephant in the room. The big elephant in the room. The uh, big elephant in the room there is that Brock Lesnar. Somebody learned that he is now a free agent. This WWE contract ran out. He's done this before. Did it about a year ago where he played UFC and WWE against each other. As you should. They should expect it to. But plays them against each other. To get a bigger contract. He got a, he got a monster deal. Nobody knows if he's going to do that or go back to fighting because there are some matchups that people want to see that involve Brock Lesnar. He would be in the heavyweight division. Well, I just told you, Alistair Overeem has a win over him. He might want to get revenge on Alistair. John Jones decided he's going to give up the lightweight belt, like handed it in, mailed it in, something, and said, I'm a heavyweight. And so he's going to be in the heavyweight division. You have Stipe Miocic, who is the heavyweight champion. He's probably going to get uh, Ingranu or... I don't know, there's a, there's a handful of people that he could fight before he gets any of these guys even. So Brock steps into that. you got all those matchups, right? And then you have what we're all thinking. Why wouldn't he sign with Bellator, who is known for putting two random people together because it would be a super fight on a card that sells? I'm not saying it's dumb to do this. I'm saying they're very good at it. Why wouldn't we finally get to see Fedor Emelianenko versus Brock Lesnar? Why not? In a Bellator ring, why not? We could do this the way it's going right now. It could be a January pay-per-view for them. You can't tell me that's not going to sell. That's going to sell so many tickets. You're going to have to turn people away at the door. You put that along with uh, you got the Pitbull. Over there, you, I mean, there's so many good people over in Bellator as well. UFC, the UFC is like the WWE. They have, yeah, they have most of the really big people, the household people you know. Bellator is like AEW or New Japan or Impact Wrestling. Yeah, they may be the second biggest MMA place right now, but they got some big names too and some people that have been let go from other places. They put them together. They make these just incredible matchups. I watch Bellator as much as I watch UFC. It is uh, as long as it's on TV. They've been showing a lot of old ones lately. Looking forward to some of the new ones. Uh, the fact that that uh, I, I believe Anderson, was it Anderson Silva? Left to join Bellator? I mean, that's crazy. But let's go back to Brock. Brock has drawing power. Whether it's the fight world, whether it's the WWE world, whether it's wrestling in general, uh, whatever he does, he has drawing power because he is an interesting person. You never know what he's going to do. That's why you tune in to find out. So having him against Fedor, heck, have the winner of that take on Ryan Bader. I don't know if Ryan Bader wants to put up a title, but I don't know blame him there. Uh, isn't he, isn't he uh, 
I mean, there's... There's just some some really cool things that they can do, really cool things that, that I would hope they would do that you could do with Brock. I mean, Brock could fight for another year or two and then be completely done with everything. Um, if I was Brock, that's that's what I would do. That's that's what I would do. And uh, like I said, with uh, with Bellator, I believe they have Bellator 244 coming up very, very soon. All right, let's see if we can get a read on when that may be. Let's see. Or rather, not 244. They actually, um, let's see, on Friday, September 11th, that would be this September. Man, that snuck up on me. I hope it didn't sneak up on you. 10 p.m. on the Paramount Network, they are going to be showing Bellator 245. Bellator 245. How incredible is that? And I can already tell you what 246 is. Paramount Network going to show that one too. Saturday, September 12th. Yep, the day after. So Friday and Saturday, we're getting back-to-back Bellator. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? They are looking to find opponents for Bader, for Cyborg. They could sign Brock Lesnar, put him against Fedor. Winner of that takes on Bader or whoever. There's so many options that you could do here. Hopefully they find some really, really good ones. But that is all I have for this week. And actually, I'm going to change the title. It's Did You Draw That? Did You Draw That's the name of today's show. Hopefully everybody has a uh, great Labor Day. Thanks for tuning in. I am Jeremy the Impact Door. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.